welcome to another episode of That Some Crazy Shit with Kelly and James. As you know by now, I am Kelly and my co-host is James. What's up, dude? What's happening, my sister and co-host? You know I'm just coming to you from where? The Corner Studio. Corner Studio. On the second floor of That Some Crazy Shit Broadcasting. Yeah. Yep. We're on. Utah Division. Location. Utah Location. Location. Nice. Nice. I am just at my house. Well, see, you have your studio in your house. Not all of us can have our studio over there at home. Just at my house. So, yeah. Um, So, James, you know, we have a really cool guest today. You know, in the past, we've talked about the tarot. And we can both agree tarot is some crazy shit, right? It's origins, the way it's used today. And just there's so many different decks out there. And a lot of people read tarot cards and go to psychics and all that good stuff. Yeah. And today we're actually speaking with Jenna Roberts. She is a tarot card teacher and reader, and she's an intuitive coach as well. Very cool lady. Very cool lady. Yeah, she's been reading tarot cards since she was 15. I won't tell you everything. If you're interested in the tarot, want to learn more about it, if you're you know, interested in, in your intuition and learning more about that, you know, Jenna is a good place to start. Yes. I suggest, uh, yeah, you you go and check out her stuff, you guys. Definitely. So I just say we get right to it. Well, let's do it then, my friend. So welcome to the podcast, tarot card reader and intuitive, Jenna Roberts. Jenna, thank you so much for being a part of that some crazy shit and being on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you here today. Uh, we've talked about the tarot before. Um, I know me and James, both between us, have had multiple, multiple, multiple tarot card re- readings. Um, I actually used to read tarot cards back in the day. I haven't picked up a deck in a long time, but I still have my deck. That's right. Great. So I've had this deck forever, but I haven't read in a long time. But I've always been fascinated by the by the tarot what about you james well my family has dabbled in the tarot ever since i was a kid and so um you know and like kelly said we've had many readings and i've actually had several people give me decks i have uh like the medicine cards for animals one for crystals and then i even have to dig them out the universal tarot Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Pretty, we talked about it we, a little bit on the show we did for Halloween. So, and so that kind of brings me to a question, Jenna, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Uh, someone like me who hasn't read, how would you recommend that we go about looking for a deck? Since I obviously have several. Yeah, I actually have a video about that on my YouTube because oh, so many people ask me that. Um, and my main answer is you want to look for a deck that has fully decorated story-like cards on all the cards, including the minor arcana. So the tarot is broken into two suits, or uh, sorry, two basic categories of the minor arcana, which is four suits of the elements, um, cups, wands, uh, swords, and pentacles. And the major arcana, which is kind of the hero's journey. The hero's journey part is always decorated, going back 
the, the very first decks had that. But the playing card deck actually came from the Tarot, and they took out the female Jack and um, changed the name from like Cups to Hearts. But it's the, derived from the Tarot. And so originally the Tarot also was just numbers with the amount of like nine cups on a picture and no, and no details about it. And now nine cups has someone sitting there very smugly looking very satisfied and that can give you a lot more information about what that card's about of being grateful and full and rich in your in your heart and life so it's just a lot easier if all the cards are really beautifully decorated with a story-like image instead of just um four swords crossing <laughs> right so that's Jenna, interesting how long have you been reading tarot cards i got my first deck when i was 15 after getting my first reading in new orleans um, by a man named Jarek, and I know that name because uh, I ended up my very first night ever reading cards happened to end up in a spot and a girl rode up her bike to me and said you're in Jarek's spot and I'm like are you talking about and I described him and she's like yeah that's Jarek so by chance 15 years after my first reading I happened to sit in New Orleans in the same location as the person who gave me my first reading wow. part of the magic I think of this <laughs> of this field is just to let go of pure rational thought sometimes and let things be magical yeah um, we've talked about there's there are no coincidences there was a reason why you you were there at that time i have no doubt that that was a sign from the universe to be like you're in the right spot and um so my first reading was 15 and i was immediately like i want to get a deck and my dad was like let's go and he normally wasn't let's go that was very he was very busy he was working like 80 hours a week so it was impressive that he was like, let's go. And he drove me to the New Age shop and he wasn't very New Age, but he loved Joseph Campbell. And I think that Joseph Campbell loves the Tarot. And so for him, he's like, oh, my daughter's interested in something that ties to something I'm interested in. So, uh, and then I really got into the reading cards professionally when I was around 29 or 30. So I've been reading for a while. <laughs> wow. So do you think your ability to read the cards and read for people is connected to your intuition? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm also an intuition coach because I feel like um, I had to learn how to build my intuition and Tarot was an amazing tool for that. And through allowing more practice of psychic gifts into my life, really practicing them has let them flow into all aspects of my life. And it's just so enriching to trust yourself that deeply and to know which parts of your voice to listen to and which parts of your, you know, to be able to discern between fear and intuition is, is a skill to learn. And um, so I love teaching how to also access your gifts because we all have it. And I've even heard that if you go, uh, anthropologists go into certain tribal cultures, like in South America in particular, I heard that all the tribes that are like intuition yeah we all do that what are you talking about like, <laughs> what's the big deal huh it's not magic it's just <laughs> yeah, it's like breathing you just do it you know and it's because it's taught from a young age so uh, i think we can visualize it more in our culture and i'm, I'm hoping that tarot will be an access point for people to dive into their own gifts more yeah i agree i think back in the day not so much today but at least i've noticed the tarot was always considered to be something evil why do you think that is why do you think it had that negative connotation to yeah. it two things number one is you know the bible was actually outlawed by the catholics because back in the day because it was it was something only priests were supposed to read 
So the Catholics, I think in particular, did a lot of work to fight the middleman with the connection to the divine. And um, I think that it's also a feminine field typically. And generally anything women gain power through, the patriarch likes to shut down. Now I'm a fan of the patriarchy in the way that it does lots of good works in the world. It fills my potholes on my street. I'm a fan, but I'm not a fan of the the tyrannical nature of any group. (laughs) And I think that, I think it's important that we look at why are we afraid of it? And I think the other problem modern-wise is because the movies use Tarot as a cheap writer's trick. Yeah, so I'm a writer do. myself. I love also reading. I love reading cards for writers and people can, without them telling me anything about their book, uh, we can go through how to help their characters develop their plot develop. It's really fun. It's one of my it's really fun type of reading. And because I think you're channeling when you're reading, and so the cards are really accessible to get answers for your book. And um, so for me, I think that writers, when they make Hollywood movies, are like, we need some creepy foreshadowing. Call in the tarot reader. <laughs> yeah. And it's that's the funny thing is that readings do not tell you an absolute future that you cannot change. They actually, according to even Carl Jung, I'm in a Jungian tarot reading class right now because I. What I love about Tarot is the constant learning it involves. Like there's, I'm never gonna perfectly know everything about it. And this teacher, um, I think his name is Ken James. He says that Jung was basically saying that we look at the future based on where you're at in the present. And that's what I say is it's your trajectory you're assessing of where are things gonna go based on where you are now. And it's, it's not a, in the future can shift if you shift. So I think that people are afraid of the future, but they misunderstand what the cards are doing to get to the future. There's no absolute future that you have no control over in a reading. So if you have many possibilities to an issue, right? You have many, many choices. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things you could do. Does the cards help you figure out which choice to make? Is is the cards going to explore all the choices, I guess, or is it going to give you just one? Do you understand what I'm saying? Totally. And different readers do it different ways. I personally love having more of a conversation with my querent rather than just drop a spread and talk at them. And I think a lot of readers do that too. But what I like to do is say, okay, you have a choice. You want, especially you want to move somewhere is my most common choice. So I'll be like, all right, you think of a city and then pull two cards. Don't tell me what city for each one because I don't want to get my bias in the way. And then think of another city and just one, two, three, four. And then I'm going to tell you not a yes or no to each city. I'm going to tell you what the main essence of that city might be. So there is a magical futurism to it, but this is also based on what you're approaching it from right now. You change your approach to that place, you're going to get a different card. so for instance, it will be like, oh, you it looks like uh, Baltimore is gonna be great for love and connection while Denver is gonna be more about work. And sometimes it will be like Florida, it looks like a mess. You have, and it'll say, it'll, it's cool, but it'll say something like, oh, you have some family there who's really toxic and they'll go, yeah, oh geez, I do. Like they'll, they'll usually, I'd say reasons are primarily validating of what you already know, but to hear it from a stranger is magic. Right. <laughs> And I, I love this job because it's a weird job, but I love it because I get to be a part of something that truly is magical to me. I still get excited every reading that like my intuitions are correct and this <laughs> the cards that we're pulling is directly the, the faces people make when you pull 
cards that the story speaks right to them and they can see what's happening in the cards. I also read with the I Ching cards, which have words on them that kind of engage the parent more. Um, and I love I Ching. I think it's a different system. It's unique and 3,000 years old, so very valid. And I just love that resonance of something out there cares about you enough that it wants you to hear these messages to your best influence possible. Furthest thing from darkness I can imagine, truly. I mean, of course, the reader could be dark. You can't. Right. Reader can bring in some really. You really want to go to a reader who has integrity. If you go to a reader who tells you horrible things or tries to get more money out of you, you're at the wrong place. Just walk away. Right. And we've talked. You. Yeah, we've talked about stuff when readers try to upgrade you, yeah. you know, or upsell you, you know. So, so when you're when you're reading the cards, would you say that you're getting? the information from spirit? Are the tarot and spirituality or the universe connected? I So what happens, I think, for me, and I think for a lot of people, is at the beginning of the reading, it's usually I have to get kind of warmed up into it. And at the beginning, um, the cards will be a conversation about what's happening and what's going on for them. And I read directly from the cards, like this is the meaning of these cards. And then as the reading goes along, random symbols on the cards will really hold my attention. I'll let myself focus on those and my mind will go into the right brain of drift. I call, I call it drift. It's like, I'm not really grasping anything. I'm kind of floating in thoughts and random thoughts will come through. And when I speak those, 90% of the time the people like jaw drop and are like, oh yeah that's and it'll be outside the range of the cards but for instance like i pull a queen of swords okay we're clearly dealing with someone who's highly intelligent we determine together with the client this is her mom after i describe the nature of this court card archetype um now we go into the other cards around the queen and i can start to talk about what's going on with her mom and i go outside the meanings of the cards but based in the the simple archetype archetypes and how they're juxtaposing. Um, words just come to me, ideas and stories just come to me. And so that's where the intuition kicks in, I'd say. Yeah. So can you give us a mini reading? Sure. Yeah. I got my World Spirit Tarot deck here. It's one of my fav favorite decks uh, because it's one of the first I found that had melanated people in it and world global Egyptian people, Asian people in a cartoonish form, you know, it's it's uh, drawn images, not photographic, but when I got this stuff, it was very hard to find that kind of stuff. <laughs> so Jenna, real quick, um, if someone were to come to you, do you already have a deck in mind that you prefer or do you wait until you get a feel for them to pick your deck? I have my bag of, my bag of decks. <laughs> your go-to. <laughs> and, and I, um, I have my bag and I have my favorites in there. But sometimes like tonight I'm going to a Halloween, I'm gonna be a witch at two different Halloween things and then I'll, and, and then I'll uh, bring out the witchy side with um, some more dark decks that look a little creepier, goblin-y. <laughs> and so sometimes it's thematic. If I go to the Ren Fair, I bring my more Renaissance Fair looking deck, which is um, the Usi Pagan Under Otherworlds deck. So it depends on where I'm going, but um, I have my favorite World Spirit Tarot is a favorite. It's a standard. I love the transparent tarot because it's uh, very unique. And then by Red Feather Press, there's two transparent pros. I like the one by Red Feather Press. 
And then I also always have one that's kind of like the one that's new and fresh to me, but I'm still diving into. And that currently is um, a fairy tale based deck. I can't think of the name, but it's by Yoshi Yoshitani. And so I find having a, one new deck kind of freshly coming through, honestly, for me, like once a year, maybe. Oh. Will like make it so that I have something that's bringing new ideas and new concepts to the cards for me. Keep things fresh. Yeah, I, people get deck addictions. I, I call it addiction <laughs> <laughs> because they'll have like fifty decks and they're like, I don't know which one's my favorite. And I'm like, okay, but to me, you you should grab on if you're learning the cards. Find one that you're just gonna tether to for a moment <laughs> because it can get very overwhelming to have too many running at the same time. Right. And if you're if you haven't found it, then just, you know, rather than buy them all, like really spend some time looking at the images and feeling them out. <laughs> and then, um, so I have about 20 decks, but I often give ones away as I'm like, eh, this isn't for me. You know, I have no attachment to this. Um, for my YouTubes though, I like to have a variety to have, and, and my Instagram, it's fun to show a variety of different interpretations of one card and talk about that. So I got my collection. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so let's see, who, who am I reading for? Because one thing I'd like to state is if you are doing readings, it's good to set an intention together. Um, and so I also like to just take a moment to take a couple breaths and just everyone listening, it's a good thing to take three breaths. And just imagine yourself in a protected space since we're stepping into a spiritual container. And welcome in your own intuition to this reading for yourself. And feel your feet grounded on the floor, knowing that you're in a safe space. And then open up to what your intention is, or what, what do you want to know right now? So who am I reading for? Which of you two? You can read for me first. Okay. So Kelly, do you have a specific theme you want to ask about? You don't have to. Do I have to ask it out loud? No. Okay. I don't want to ask it out loud. Okay. Oh man. Sorry. I, sometimes the cards will supersede your intended focus. So it's if you want to give me one word, that can be helpful. Uh, uh travel. Great. So yeah, I think that um so you have a lot of swords here, which swords are the mind. So I'm gonna guess that you might be on overdrive with your brain sometimes and you overthink things. Um, especially around the area of, I'm guessing travel in this case, but of letting yourself be free enough. Do you want to go on a travel by yourself instead of with someone? Because that might be a good option right now because you do have the hermit card. So the hermit card is about spiritually accessing a deep within of yourself. And the first writer, the, the, the decks that we know today are based in the hermetic order. So the, the hermit card's deeply tied to the tarot. And so to me, this needs to be something of a spiritual journey that gets you out of your head. Okay. Um, I got cold chills. Okay. We'll tell you why when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have the five of swords reversed, which is reversal to me says that you might be kind of past that point, but you had to do some healing of the mind, some licking of the wounds of pains of the past. And now you're kind of ready to let that go. And this trip is significant towards that. 
And also you have the Ten of Swords reversed, which is a limiting belief, where I'm guessing you would say you weren't worthy of this trip. So I want you to go somewhere where you would think 10 years ago, you might've said to yourself, I'm not worthy of going there. I can't afford it, or I'm not allowed, or something would have held you back. And now you're like, I gotta do it. So I think that going on your own or with a spiritual purpose, if you go with someone, make sure that they are tuned into the fact that it's your spiritual journey first and foremost, and that they are tagging along as your Sam Gamby to your photo. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, that that's, you're gonna be a little bit that spiritually selfish, I'd call it. (laughs) And they might have their own need to do that kind of trip. And so you'll be together, but in your own individual essences while doing it. The main thing is you have the Queen of Swords. We just talked about this. And this is someone who can be very smart. Um, You know, it's funny because we even use words around intelligence with the word swords, like you're sharp or you're dull, you know. Um, But to me, this is saying you have to get your head and your brain spin out of the way, both do the trip and on the trip. So I will tell you that in March, I'm going to Costa Rica for a month by myself nice. because yeah. I've always wanted to travel by myself, it's right? Nice. I've never, I've traveled alone, but not for such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So I have no expectations of really anybody coming to see me or visit me while I'm there. So I'm really planning on just spending that whole time kind of by myself on some, I don't know if it's necessarily spiritual, but it will be a big change of scenery for me. For me, when we go on, I so I've traveled extensively, technically alone, but I would meet people along the way. So I would say that the message in there about like, if you have someone with you, that's when you meet someone at a hotel and you're connecting and bonding, make sure you still acknowledge that you're there for yourself, but you can be with people, but as long as you can be alone with people in a healthy way. Um, I've done a lot of extensive backpacking around the world through Central America, Europe, and um, Southeast Asia and India. And you really cannot avoid the spiritual experience when you travel alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, you kind of, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to, to let the world become a tarot card reading for you that the chaos of shuffling your life like that will bring forward to you archetypes that are going to send you messages that you're supposed to listen to, you know? Wow, I like that, Jen. I like, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, I like that. So I, I think you're you're gonna have a spiritual experience. Bring some, at least bring some nice spiritual books with you because that's a good hermit thing to do. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. All right, James, your turn. Well, All right. What do you have a thought for us, James? All right, okay. Um, I'm gonna have to do yet romance okay <laughs> i knew it i knew it love love james i just look hardcore <laughs> but he's a big teddy bear <laughs> i think you look more like a teddy bear oh, <laughs> are you trying to be hardcore yeah let's go for the hardcore look <laughs> Oh, well, sorry. Sorry that I see the teddy bear, but <laughs> call me call me psychic. I don't know. <laughs> um, so interesting. You have the let's let's see here a second with love. So you have the full card reversed, which is kind of about like staying in a certain level of your safe zone. 
and you have the warrior card reversed, the seven of wands, which I see as a sort of warrior card. I feel like you're tired of the fight and the battle in the realms of love. <laughs> and I think that you've done some exploring, but that you need to kind of play it a little closer to home right now and not be so dedicated to like the adventure of love or the like, I don't know, pushing your, pushing your envelope because I, I think you might run away from things sometimes. <laughs> and I think it's better if you, what you're running from, you're never gonna get away from because it's your moon card, which is your shadow internal self. The, the self that needs to be brought from the subconscious to the forefront of, of looking at it and just seeing what it is that makes you want to um, push away or do things different all the time or kind of seeking novelty or seeking to to be avoidant of some aspects of love and this is about you going into your internal self and really acknowledging getting your heart and your head aligned with like what do I want and desire and how can my identity fit into that want and desire. As an example, sometimes I know people who are really into polyamory because I live in Portland. And, <laughs> and some people want their identity to be polyamorous, but then when they're in it, because they think it's such a great freedom concept, but then when they're in it, they're like crying on my shoulder over how unhappy they are all the time. And I'm like, maybe, maybe you like the idea of this, but it's not actually aligning with your natural self. And so making sure that you're seeking the managing love and seeking love and dealing with relationships in a way where you're being really honest with the truth of what you want and and breaking free of the idea of what you want if that makes sense oh man that's like deep jenna thanks <laughs> that is yeah. that's, <laughs> that is that's man. really good i like the way that you read because when you're when you're reading both of us, are you also pulling heavily on your intuition as well, or are you reading simply um, from the cards? I, I, it's hard to say where the line of demarcation is. Sometimes I would say this one was a pretty straight book reading, but not from the individual cards, but from the juxtaposition of them, of having these like you know um, I, when I teach when I teach I teach tarot as well, and when I teach it, I talk about Soviet montage, which is basically the Soviets figured out that shot A plus shot B equals concept C, right? And so you take these three cards and then when individually they're gonna mean something very different, but when they're all tethered together, I can see a story here of someone who needs to face their moon card and is tired of the way they've been doing things in the fool card reversed. So it just kind of like creates a 3D story um, now, James, did we not talk about you doing things differently in the realm of love? Yeah, we have. We well, have. I'm glad it resonated. With with yeah. both of us, I think, then that's why I think the tarot is so fascinating because I think it can kind of help you kind of maybe think about things in a different way that maybe you weren't thinking about them, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know, and help, and yeah, giving you a different perspective. I was actually on your website, and I saw a video that you had given about um, uh, what's, what am I trying to say? Increasing your intuition. I don't know if that's the word mm -hmm. increasing, but, sure. but enhancing, yeah, enhancing your your intuition. You had six 
six things. Can you tell me quickly what those six things are? Because oh I only God. got to number, I only got to number, I know first one was meditation, if that helps. Meditation, um, I, and I think the tarot is one of them too. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna be able to tell that off the top of my head because I actually had to like, when I make those videos, I have the notes in front of me. Gotcha. <laughs> but I will say that um, for me, just off the top of my head at this moment, meditation is super key because you wanna be present with yourself. And it doesn't have to be traditional seated meditation, but you wanna be self-aware of what's going on in your body and how you feel. And um, when you have a thought, how does that thought translate to a feeling? And is that feeling based in fear or in an anomalous, un like strange knowing? Um, also games is really great so you can play games with yourself when you're driving down the road you can be like which car is gonna get off the freeway next and it's fun to play because typically it'll be someone ahead of you because you know and so you can look at it but it's not always the person in the right lane you know it's not logical and sometimes <laughs> somebody will just like that gray honda will just cross five yeah we, we live in utah because <laughs> it could be anyone from the left lane just shoot it over yeah so i think that's a great aspect of it and um oh gosh I'm, i i made that video like three or four months ago so i don't remember i, I know that you had said another thing about about what you said about awareness right but then also I think a part of the intuition for me is like actually believing your intuition, right? Sometimes you'll get a thought, cause sometimes I'll get a thought and I'll push it away. Like, no, that's dumb. But then it will come back to me over and over again. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. obviously I need to be doing something with this because it keeps coming back to me. So yeah. that to me is like my intuition saying no, you got to do this and I'm going to keep bugging you until you do this. Yeah, completely agree. The other thing that I want to say about intuition is, is if you're doing, if you're an empath and you're, you're feeling other people's energy, another thing you can do is notice the details around you. Like you go into a home, take a moment. You've never been there before. Smell the home, feel the, what does it smell like? What are the textures of the room to you? Get a sensory experience. So that when you're in other situations, you can relate back to that sensory experience and that brings up intuition for someone. It kind of, it's a, intuition is a very sensory engagement game. Um, another thing is, is with that, if you're an empath and you're very much feeling other people's feelings, um, I would say, you know, as we did in an intro at the beginning of the reading, I want to take a moment just to like, take another breath and bring that energy down to the earth and ground yourself and be like at the end of a reading make sure you're clearing and grounding yourself at the end of your work day make sure you know especially if you're doing anything empathic teaching or counseling or i mean i think even grocery store checkout people are carrying a lot of energy of the weight of the people who come through so doing a little clearing of yourself every day is so powerful and that will make it so that you can sense your intuition better by doing energetic self-care with yourself yeah, we've talked about the intuition a lot and and uh, how to how to tell your intuition from your ego. Ego, yeah. Sometimes yeah. the ego jumps in there and says things and and learning how to tell the difference I think is important as well. Yeah, and I would say that for me, that's why the feeling sensation is so important of being hyper aware of how you feel when you enter a new house, being hyper aware of just and I say hyper aware, that sounds like 
neurotic, but it's not. It's actually the opposite. It's just like, I'm aware of how I feel right now. Because so say you're trying to decide on something and you're like, is this intuition or fear? If you feel like you're clenched and tight inside and anxious about it, it's probably not your intuition. If you're feeling kind of light, it might be a firm voice, but is it making your body feel like a, a quiet certainty inside? That's probably intuition. So, but everyone's a little different. So noticing your own fate flavor of, of what is, what does it feel like when I'm having an intuitive moment and what does the voice sound like? And um, how does my belly feel? That's why we say it's gut thinking, you know? That's yeah, interesting. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people now don't let themselves have that sensory anymore. I think people shut so much of that down where now you have to make an effort to kind of turn on all those things and pay attention to all that stuff now. Yeah. And so that's why clearing your your tendrils at the end of the day, washing out all the the stuff that you just dealt with so that you can just be present in your own energy field again. It's like taking a little energy bath. Qigong is a great practice for that. Yoga can be, but you, you got to have the intention behind it too. Yeah. We um, talked about Qigong. I loved, I teach Qigong as well. My boyfriend's a better, has, uh, got me into it. So he's a, he's been doing it his whole life. I've been doing yoga my whole life, our whole life, but we're old enough to say that now. <laughs> Most of our lives. We've both been doing uh, those practices since we were like 18 years old. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah. so we both have that aspect. And I, I really love Qigong because to me, it's a more intentional clearing of the energy than yoga yoga is a little more passive i love yoga i mean of course i teach it too but to me qigong is like you're actually pulling the energy in and washing out all that's not yours in a very clear way so wow. my clearing after i read cards is a little qigong practice that i've kind of self-created with mystery school plus qigong mix <laughs> <laughs> um, that is very, that's very cool it is very it is. cool Jenna, it has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and thank you so much for the mini reading and, and sharing with us what you know about the tarot. And, and if people want to get readings from you, how do they reach you? So they can go to presentpathtarot.com or you can go to presentpathtarot.as.me, which is my scheduling site currently, but presentpathtarot.com will always be there. And that's P-A-T-H, <laughs> path. <laughs> presentpathtarot.com. And, and we'll be sure to have it in the podcast description for you as well. Thank you. And you can also find me on YouTube and Instagram. YouTube is my preference because I like long form talking like this much more than the quick fix. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on that some crazy shit. Um, love to have you come back sometime to talk again. Yes. I really like to, um, yes. would really love to dive into the intuition with you because I'm really interested in the intuition and the ego and fear and all that good stuff. So we'd love to have you come back and talk about that. That sounds wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's been a delight. Very cool. You know, Jenna brings a lot of uh, knowledge about the tarot. You know, uh, like I, I was talking to her, I've had three decks given to me and I've never read, read, and maybe I'll start, you know, checking her YouTube stuff out and learning how to read them. My sister has read for years and years and years. Tarot's, Tarot's cool. It, it's crazy. It is crazy. What did you think about uh, your, your mini reading? We'll see. It was pretty deep, though, man. Well, but a lot of what she said is true. She she said that you are kind of, kind of done with the with the idea or whatever, right? 
you know, the whole relationship thing. I think when you just relax and not no, it is true. It is be true. so worried about it, it just it just kind of happens, right? It is true. You know, so. yeah, and it's funny because you know, you know my past history with women and I romance. do. So when she's telling me this stuff, I'm like, oh. And me too. I'm like, like hmm, been this shit this say, I've been saying this shit for years. Yeah. But he believes so, yeah, but it true. from a so we'll tarot see. card reader. But no, James, I, I, I really liked her. Even what she said about me and traveling. Just knowing that I'm traveling alone. Right? And oh. I and we didn't get out the whole, all the story. I was going to go with you originally. But then I had to bow out because I'm having surgery. And she didn't know all that shit. Yeah. So traveling alone, it will be fun though. I'm actually. It's going to be your vision quest. That's what the Native Americans used to call it. Maybe just being someplace else for a little while will be nice anyway. So. Hey, it's your vision quest, okay? Oh, okay. It's my vision quest. Jeez, we are got some crazy shit, you know. And I will. Oh, it's just a normal holiday. Well. Do we take holiday in America? We go on vacation. Well, but still, it's not a vacation. It's a damn vision quest. It's this a, is crazy shit. It's a vision quest. Okay. You're going to go on a spiritual journey. And I should take some spiritual books with Work me. With That's funny. So I was thinking about that, too. Plus, I have a lot of journals. I have a lot of different journals. I'm always jotting down stuff. My I like to write down affirmations. Oh. Right? Cool. I like to write them down. So I have so many affirmations and then I have to I have to I try to narrow them down and then try to like have an intention of these many affirmations because I can make lists and lists of affirmations I had someone suggest to me to write you know a few on your mirror with the dry erase marker so in the morning when you get up and get ready to work or whatever you see them and you can read them and stuff yeah and then you can always change it you know erase it whatever and then, you know, I'm really big on the whole intuition. You know, I love to learn about the intuition or hear people's um, insights on the intuition and the ego and what they think. And everybody always says the same thing. But the thing I remember the most about intuition is what Pasquale told us. He said that the intuition is quiet and the intuition is never, never talks mean to you, right? And the intuition just knows, so it doesn't have to be the big, loud voice, right? Because yeah. the intuition knows. That's usually your your ego. Yeah, the ego is the, he's the loud, boisterous one. You know, that is true. And that's a good way to define it, because we've talked about it. How do you know, you know the difference between the ego and the intuition? And then, you know, just, yeah, being able to tell the difference. I believe now I can tell the difference. I really rely a lot on my intuition and what I think. And I've always said for years that I've always gotten vibes off of people. I've always said that. Just feelings off of people when you first yep. meet them. Right? I can attest to it. Yeah, I've, I've said that for a long time and still do. Always get vibes off of people. So yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird how I've been saying it for a long time and never really knew what it was. And you know, it's funny because now that I know the difference, you know, because I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know the difference between intuition and your ego when it's, you know, communicating with you. But, you know, through our show and stuff, now I've learned the difference. And now I can start, like you say, you listen to your intuition. 
and you then, tell your ego to talk to the hand and sit down. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Tell your ego, thank you, but I think I'm going to do this anyway. Thank you, but no thank you. Basically. Yeah. But we want to thank you for listening to That Some Crazy Shit. You can get us at, where are we at? That Some Crazy Shit Podcast.com. All our stuff is there. Bios, blogs, contact information. If you have a story and you want to reach out, that would be the place to do it. Yep. Social media is there as well. Random bullshit? I thought we just did it. Oh, I missed it. It was so random. That's why it's random bullshit, James. Oh, right on. So? Until next time. Keep your minds open, people.